This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. <laughs> nice pass. What a first ballot Hall of Fame loser. I just can't stomach my kid coming from a Bears fan, that's There's all. nothing wrong with being a Bears fan, so that's all I'm going to say to that. Welcome into the 46 Podcast, a podcast focused on all things Chicago Bears. My name is Brendan Chagru, and this week is Bears-Packers week, baby. It's a special week. It's always You always get a little more juiced up for these games, no matter where each team is in the standings. And it's kind of crazy because in 2018 and 2019, the schedules kind of mirrored each other where the Bears and Packers opened up the season, and then they didn't play again till way late in the year. So a lot's happened. Both teams have changed drastically, I feel like. A lot's happened since they played in week one. So I wanted to do a quick preview episode of what I'm expecting in the game, how I think the Bears can win this game, how I also think the Packers could and probably should attack the Bears if I were Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. Hoping they don't. Maybe they won't listen to this. And then go through basically the matchups I'm looking at and ultimately... What I'm expecting out of this game. This is another de facto playoff game for this team. Depending on what happens with the Vikings and the Rams, a lot can change, especially if the Bears don't win. But going into this game, this is an absolute must-win, and what better way to do it against your big rival. So, before I get into all that, support for the 46 Podcast, of course, comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. If you've been listening, I don't need to give you the spiel. You know what comes in the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. I love it. It has the Lawnmower 2.0, the boxer briefs that come with it, the crop preserver, the crop reviver, everything that you need to stay fresh below the belt. I've been a huge fan of their products. I keep saying it. I'm not just, trust me, I'm not just saying it. I have them right now, and they do wonders. So, like I said, as part of the Perfect Package 2.0 that you can get for 20% off using promo code BIGHEADS plus free shipping. Again, promo code code BIGHEADS, B-I-G-H-E-A-D-S. You will get the Lawnmower 2.0, which is their new trimmer that they just released. The Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing deodorant used for below the belt, as well as the Crop Reviver, which is a nice little spray, you know, just to just to use throughout the day if you need it. And then, of course, the Boxer Briefs that are allow fresh air to come in. I always say I use them when I work out. It's fantastic. Guys, you need to get this, if not for yourselves. Maybe for somebody you know. I don't know. You may have a very close personal relationship with that person. But the point is you can save a lot of money and get a great gift this holiday season with the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Again, you get 20% off plus free shipping using the promo code BIGHEADS. Go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code 
I'll also put a URL in the show notes. Get yourself a great gift this holiday season and maybe even after, okay? Start the new year right. We're getting close to January. One more time, manscaped.com, promo code BIGHEADS. Okay, so I'm going to break this up into two parts. I really want to start with both sides of the ball because I feel like there's two different stories here, as there always is with offense and defense. I do want to start with the defense first. Going into this game, there's there's good news and then there's bad news. The good news is it's expected. It isn't final yet, but it's expected that Akeem Hicks will return off of the injured reserve list and play his first game since week four when he injured his elbow against the Raiders, went on injured reserve. The defense clearly lost a step when Akeem Hicks went out. The Raiders carved him up on the ground with Josh Jacobs, and a few other teams did afterwards. I think it took them a while to sort of recover from that and really establish their identity without Hicks. And it's not to say that they haven't been playing bad, because... They haven't. They've been playing pretty good, but Hicks brings a totally, totally different level to this defense. He's the heart and soul on the field, off the field. He's their vocal leader. You know, Khalil Mack is is the superstar player, but Khalil Mack is not Khalil Mack without Akeem Hicks. He'll be a welcome addition back. The only thing is, he's likely going to be on a snap count. He's coming off of What is it, about two months or so? Two months of no football activity? Just returning to practice this past week. He's going to be rusty. He's going to need those reps. So he's not going to play the whole game. But hopefully when he is in there, if he does play, it's still not 100% certain. But I know both the Bears and the Packers really are expecting that he will. It should make a difference in the game. The bad news is as Akeem Hicks is likely returning... The Bears lose Roquan Smith to the injured reserve list. He's out for the year with the torn pack. We all saw it coming. When you saw, when you heard that he left the game, and it was a pack injury, as soon and you're immediately ruled out. You know it's bad news, and that's so disappointing because Roquan really, really stepped up his game this, the past few the past few weeks. He's come such a long way since. The whole personal issue story, I guess, because we never really knew what it was, but we do know it affected him on the field. After he after he sat out the game against the Minnesota Vikings in week five, shoot, yeah, that's right. The Bears did play the Vikings in week five. No, they played in week four. I can't get my weeks. I cannot get that straight in my head. Oh my god. Okay. The Bears played the Vikings in week four. They played the Raiders in week five. That's right. Yeah. So Akeem Hicks, Akeem Hicks missed. He went out in week five, not week four. Roquan Smith missed week four and came back week five. All right. Got it? I think I got it. I'm sorry about that. Anyway, when Roquan Smith mixed, missed the game against the Vikings, and then came back, he truly wasn't himself. He was very timid. He wasn't making the plays that he used to. You can tell that you could tell that something was still up with him. And now it really seems like he got past whatever the issue was and he was playing ball again. He was doing what he does well. He was he was flying to the ball. He was attacking carriers in the backfield. He was he had two sacks and 15 tackles against the Lions the week before the Cowboys game. The dude was rolling. You just hate to see it. You really do. 
Now, it's really going to be, that linebacking core is going to be tested because you're already out Danny Trevathan, who still might play this season. He's not in on injured reserve yet. And from what we've seen, Trevathan heals quickly. So they're not closing the door on him yet. But regardless, he is likely not playing Sunday against the Packers. So you're going to have Nick Kwiatkowski, who's filled in well for him. But now you're going to have Kevin Pierre-Lewis. And I'm assuming probably Joel Iwubanibwe will see his way onto the defense a little more because they'll have to rotate people in. It's very thin. You're, you're talking about both your starters being out. You're playing against reserves now against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay offense, who admittedly has not looked great this year. They've looked fairly average, especially as of late. But here's how, in my opinion, that Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur could win this game and move the ball against this defense. If I were them, here's what I would do. I would pop on the film of that Oakland Raiders game and just watch what John Gruden did to this defense because it worked to a T. John Gruden funneled the offense through his running backs with Josh Jacobs, primarily the ball carrier, and utilized quick passes and moved the quarterback around to avoid the Bears' pressure. I totally expect them to do the same thing with Aaron Rodgers, especially with Hicks coming back. One, Aaron Jones is the Packers offense right now, and it's not even close. He's second in the he's second on the team in completions in the passing game, aside just trailing behind Devontae Adams. They have no other receivers really. Their tight ends are almost non existent with the corpse of Jimmy Graham and Jay Sternberger, who's finally seen the field. I will say, I've, I was a fan of Jay Sternberger coming out of college. I really wanted the Bears to take a look at him, and they did. They did their process on him. He, I believe he visited Hallis Hall during the pre-draft process. Ultimately, they didn't pick him. I think he's going to be a very successful tight end in this league, but he was on injured reserve. He's finally back. He hasn't caught a pass yet, but he's seen the field. They've got, they've got problems, but... They can make this work if they follow that Raiders blueprint. And we all know that Aaron Rodgers loves the three-drop slant. We've seen it so many times with players like Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson. I would fully expect Devontae Adams to be one of those recipients where just two steps off the line cut in, especially against these linebackers. You know, if they can't stop you, if they can't keep up with the speed, you're going to get a lot of yards off that. So I fully expect Aaron Jones to be a huge part of this offense and to use those quick passes. Because aside from Adams, I really think this Bears secondary can keep up with these receivers. You're also talking about a little bit of a a revenge game with HaHa Clinton Dix. Look what he did against the Washington Redskins in their home building earlier this year. He's already talked about he he would love nothing more than to pick off Aaron Rodgers and, and set the tone for the game for the defense. And then... You have a guy we haven't really talked about in a while. You have the Packer killer himself, Leonard Floyd. I mean, it's it feels like he only shows up against the Packers. It's not great, but it, you know you at least know you're going to get him two times a year to actually ball out. So who knows? Maybe we'll get another great game from Leonard Floyd, and he'll provide another spark on that defensive line. Look, like I said, this Packers offense has been average, and a lot of people, a lot of experts are saying 
The Bears need to make Aaron Rodgers play quarterback. They need Aaron Rodgers to try and win them the game, which sounds insane because that's how much Aaron Jones means to this offense right now. Rodgers, there's been a lot of people, and I haven't watched as much film on the Packers right now, but people who I trust, people who I follow, Rodgers has not looked the same as he has the last, really, the last few years have not been great. He definitely has not looked like MVP Rodgers. He's had some moments, but he's definitely not playing at that level, and the Packers offense has holes that this Bears defense can capitalize on. Remember, back in week one, the Bears limited the Packers to only 10 points, and that one touchdown came off a long coverage, blown coverage to Jimmy Graham without HaHa Clinton Dix and Khalil Mack on the field. So hopefully there's none of that. But the Packers really only had like one or two big plays in week one. Granted, that was way back in September, over three months ago. But it's still worth mentioning. But how about that Bears offense? Before I get into that, here's a quick preview of another sports podcast, NFL podcast, that you can find on BigHeadsMedia.com. Meow Mix, a Carolina Panthers podcast for fans, by fans. Listen every week as we break down and preview games, discuss NFL news, and generally nerd out about the Carolina Panthers. You can find Meow Mix on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast outlets. Keep pounding. Okay, with this Bears offense the last few weeks, I have always started with the quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. But I'm not going to do that today. Because this matchup here means more, I feel like, than the quarterback right now. And that is the head coach, Matt Nagy, versus the Packers defensive coordinator, Mike Pettin. If you remember way back to week one, the Bears had all this. First of all, I know you remember, okay? It was one of the worst games of the year, and it just set, it started the year off just horribly. I hate, I hate rethinking it. I hate just thinking about that game and how it started off the season. But anyway, you remember that Mike Pettin was able to out-scheme Matt Nagy and basically rendered his offense useless. The Bears scored three points. That's the fewest they've scored in, I believe it's been over two years. I mean, he, he took away the... Matt Nagy wasn't able to use the running game. I feel like the offense didn't have an identity yet. Trubisky struggled. The receivers weren't even a part of the game plan aside from Allen Robinson. The tight ends were ineffective. And the Packers were throwing looks that completely threw Trubisky off with with certain reads and certain RPOs. I mean, there were there were a specific a few plays that you just wondered like what the hell was was Nagy calling, and also what was Trubisky doing. So it does kind of go hand in hand, but I feel like that really set off the conversation about Matt Nagy's play calling abilities or inabilities at the time. It was coming off the Eagles playoff game where he was already getting criticized for not running the ball enough and only having Tariq Cohen touch the ball, I think it was like a couple times in the game. So you're now having that next game 
be the Bears Packers game in week one. You only run the ball, I think it was a total of 13 times or so. David Montgomery didn't have a role yet. You were trying to force Mike Davis, remember him? It really, nothing worked at all. And that's really when the conversations start. Can Matt Nagy effectively call plays in the NFL? And you know what? For half the season, we were all thinking it. And we were all basically pounding our fists at the table for somebody else to take the play calling duties because you go back to the Saints game when they only ran seven times for the entire game. You thought it couldn't get worse than that Packers game? No, the Saints was, that was more egregious. Maybe the same amount, of more egregious. And then the Chargers game afterwards, the inability to get the offense to get its stuff figured out in the in the red zone you call four straight gimmick plays before settling for a field goal not even talking about the end of the game sequence where you stop going and you stop playing to gain yards to make the field goal easier to win the game it's been it's been a conversation all season and i really feel like up until you can maybe say the Lions game, the first Lions game, things didn't start to get better or things finally started getting better because Montgomery is being more integrated in the offense. There was a better balance overall. I feel like Nagy was getting away from the cutesy stuff where he's not trying to call too many Cordero Patterson screens or runs or just Adam Shaheen slants. He finally got back to doing what he does well and playing basically having Trubisky play within the offense. So it'll be really interesting to see if Nagy continues that run of success because he is coming off his best play calling game of the year against the Cowboys, the plays that they ran and set up for the tight ends, for the running backs, not pushing the ball downfield too much. Only when it was necessary, it really, it led to great things scored 31 points. That's the most offensive points that they scored all year. They need to do it again, but this time it's going to be against a familiar foe who at this point probably knows, well, not probably, he knows Trubisky's weaknesses and strengths. He's going to force him to step out of his comfort zone. They're going to try to keep him contained, especially now that Trubisky is running more. They're going to try to keep him in the pocket and make those decisions to throw. So with that, Matt Nagy needs to call plays to ensure Trubisky can be successful against this defense. And now switching over to the quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky needs to ball out this game. And I know that sounds, you can say, well, no, duh, Brendan. He's he's had to do that for the last few games. True. Here's the thing, though. Trubisky has been on his redemption arc over the last four or five weeks or so, right? But you can argue it really started the whole bad narrative of him of, uh uh-oh, this guy might not actually be our quarterback of the future and our franchise quarterback going forward. That conversation started in week one. You heard the boo birds. You heard people saying, ooh, what was Trubisky thinking? What was that throw, that Adrian Amos interception? He just stared down Allen Robinson and made a bad throw. That's when the conversation started. What do you think it's going to do for Trubisky's confidence if he's able to go against the team that 
A, is your biggest rival, and B, completely took you out of your game way back when. I feel like that's the this is the game that will make or break his 2019 redemption. And I am calling it a redemption because he has dug himself out of a hole from that Rams game. Ever since then, he has been playing at a much better level and it's only gotten better. I'm marking it down. This is the make or break game for Mitchell Trubisky of 2019. Because if he balls out, I'm going to put I'm going to be very certain that this Bears team wins. And if this team wins, I'm not even looking at what's going on with the Vikings or the Rams, although you do need them to lose at some point and you were running out running out of weeks to do that, but if you win, you really continue that momentum and now you are a runaway train that cannot be stopped. Because I it, it just keeps momentum keeps building on each other and it keeps it just keeps stacking up. You stack up these wins. You keep improving. The Bears are going to need Trubisky to do that. And Trubisky's going to need to do that in order to keep that confidence high. Because if he stumbles and he has a bad game against this Packers team, I don't think he can, at least this season, I don't think he can rebound from that and play effectively in Week 16 and 17 against the Chiefs and Vikings, respectively. And I think he can do it against this Packers defense. They are not great. They're not world beaters. They're, I believe they're ranked 20th in DVOA. They're pretty much like either at the bottom third of the league or close to the bottom of the third in the league. They're, they're slightly, I'll say they're slightly below average. And it's funny because Packer fans were getting all chesty like, oh yeah, we got the Smith brothers who... I mean, I'll get to them in a second. They have been balling out. But aside from them, I mean, Adrian Amos has been just okay for them. He's had his moments. He's also had his moments where he can't tackle anyone. Their corners are okay. The rest of their defensive line and linebacking core, eh. Like, they're, they're not a bad defense. But I think this offense, with how it's rolling now and with – the balanced attack that they've figured out finally, they can move the ball against this team. Now, the tackles really are going to have a tough task with Preston and Zadarius Smith. Through 13 games on the season, the Smith brothers, as they are called, have combined for 93 tackles, 21 and a half sacks, and 68 pressures on the quarterback. That's a problem. On both ends of the, on both sides of the field, really, or both ends of the field, I guess. So Charles Leno Jr. and Cornelius Lucas will definitely have their, their hands full trying to keep them, keep them at bay. And with how the in, interior of the Bears line is playing right now, especially with Cody Whitehair moving back to center, James Daniels at left guard, Rashad Coward, Rashad, I love saying that, Rashad, with him at right guard. I think there's going to be holes open for the running game to kind of bust up the middle and maybe not so much on the sides. But we'll see. I, I, I'm i very happy with how Cornelius Lucas is filled in for Bobby Massey. He he had a few, a few really good plays last Thursday. And then, again, as I said before, the other wide receivers, aside from Allen Robinson, were non-existent in this game in week one. Now you have Anthony Miller playing at a high level. 
I'm not sure if Javon Williams is going to be playing, but when he's been on the field, aside from the aside from the damn penalties, he's been pretty good, and he's a big target. Of course, Allen Robinson continues his strong play, and guess what? It appears you have some tight ends with Horstead and Holtz now who are able to move the ball down the field. So Trubisky's got some options as long as Nagy puts him in the position and calls the right plays. I think this offense can do it. I really do. I think, of course, the running game is going to be key. Keeping the Packers offense off the field, keeping Aaron Rodgers off the field, because, look, as below average as he's played this year, he's still Aaron Rodgers. How many times has he beaten the Bears on last second or late fourth quarter scores? Too many. I still have bad nightmares. Jordy Nelson running free down the sideline. Randall Cobb beating Chris Conte. I don't want to go down there. I'm making myself mad. But this team can do it, okay? And the Bears are rolling right now. The Packers have won their last few games. They're still kind of fresh off that nasty, nasty beatdown from the 49ers, though. I'm definitely picking the Bears to win this game. I don't have a score. Because I, I I don't like making scores. But I really think this team can go into Lambeau and take them down and keep their playoff hopes alive and get to 8-6. Eight, eight and six. Now, what happens with the Rams and Vikings will still remain to be seen. It sucks, too, because the last episode I did, I was so hyped up after that Cowboys win. And I was like, man, Seahawks are going to take care of business. The Bears are going to be tied with the Rams, at least statistically speaking. Who knows what will happen with the Vikings. Maybe that'll get figured out. The Lions can do something. But at least the, the Rams should lose. And that'll really put the Bears in a much better place and increase their chances of playing in the playoffs. Nope. No. Oh, man. Vikings win. Rams blow the Seahawks out. And you see the Bears' playoff chances go from a uh, staggering 5% to a 2%. That really, that really hurt. But you know what? NFL's a week-to-week league, so good things can still, good things can still happen. So that's all I really have to say on this game. I'm excited for it. It's going to be cold as hell, so we'll see what happens. Of course, I'll be here with a reaction following the game, and you know, it, it look. There's no in between. This is either going to be very crushing, or I'm going to be celebrating like crazy, and seems odd to do that when you're an eight and six team and you're still on the outside looking in for the postseason but hey meaningful december football that's the best you know at least at least you got something to play for so i'm really looking forward to it as always please give me a follow on twitter comment interact with me i love talking bears on there at brendan shagru s-u-g-r-u-e Check out my work at bearswire.com. The podcast has really, really hit its stride the past few weeks with just the amount of downloads and listens. I'm I'm dead serious. So to all the new people, all, all the people who are checking this out for the first time, thank you. I hope you enjoy it. This has been so much fun for me. This is my first year doing this. Granted, the bear season hasn't necessarily gone the way we wanted it to, but it's still great to talk about this team. I love this team so much. 
And I just truly appreciate everyone listening and giving their feedback on the show. I know I say that all the time, but it really, it really comes from the heart. So thank you again. I'll be here Sunday. Let's, let's hope for a, let's hope for a huge win. I'm expecting it. I'm hoping for it, but I'm expecting it too. And I look forward to sharing my thoughts after the game. So hope everyone has a great weekend and bear down.